What should you expect fantasy football-wise from the two NFC wildcard matchups of Sunday afternoon between the Eagles and Buccaneers and 49ers and Cowboys? It's time to break down those games and more with our quarterback playoff power rankings here on Matchup Wednesday, Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another additionally Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. Come there, get what you need. Going into the weekend, we're looking at the Fantasy football implications of these games, betting preview, DraftKings, FanDuel, all aspects of this game. I also break them down in detail. Picks against the spread. I also have individual betting previews for each game, uh, seeing how they will go there back and forth. Some good, exciting matchups, and that is the case as well for Sunday afternoon. We have the early kickoff there on Fox between the Eagles and Buccaneers, it's a rematch from the regular season. Another classic matchup in the NFC, 49ers at Cowboys. That's the game at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time on CBS Nickelodeon, as well as Amazon Prime Video. So some good games there for sure, and we want to dissect those. We love it. Playoff time of year. We want to still keep playing fantasy football. Whether you're playing individual games or doing these games as a whole, or you're building a side league here to build on your regular season, We've got these games covered and broken down for you in depth. So we will dive into Eagles Bucks first, then get to 49ers Cowboys. And our third segment, uh, we gave you yesterday our Super Bowl 56 prediction, which was the Packers beating the Chiefs. Yeah, the chalk is there. But now we'll break down the 14 quarterbacks in order in terms of trust factor, who's just playing better, just our overall quarterback power rankings for the playoffs and uh, breaking that down for you here as a little extra bonus on a matchup Wednesday. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. Eagles Buccaneers, it is now an eight and a half point spread. The Bucs have been around there, eight points, nine points, not quite reached double digits into 10 points here. 47 is the over-under. So Tampa, very good home team this season. They did lose one clunker there to the Saints. We know that one on Primetime, the game where the Bucks were shut out with Tom Brady and they had all those offensive injuries mid-game. So that was the only real game the Bucks did not play well at home in the season. Had some big wins there, including the Cowboys and the Bills. The Eagles have their work cut out for them. When these teams met in week six, it was a Thursday night game in Philadelphia, 28-22. The Bucks did survive that game, but get the little extra juice going on the road from Philadelphia to Tampa Bay. Let's uh, start with the Eagles in this one. I want to avoid uh, trying to attach myself to the Eagles running game. Let's start with that. Miles Sanders has a hand injury concern there. Yeah, Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, uh, they might have been rested for the game in Week 18 against the Cowboys, but they're on the COVID-19 list. So we saw a lot of Kenneth Gainwell in that game. Dallas Goddard also didn't play. So let's uh, try to find something in this Eagles offense we like. Well, it's definitely not the running backs, especially if they split it up and Sanders does not play. We'll monitor his status here. We'll get a better idea if he can return in this one. But you'd think 
Either way, it's going to be a broken up committee between Sanders and Howard and Scott with a little bit of Gainwell in there after a good game against the Cowboys to end the season. So it's just messy. This backfield has seemed to change every week. Part of it is Sanders cannot stay healthy. And then you have the wild card of Jalen Hurts. Is he going to score rushing touchdowns or is it going to be Boston Scott or Howard or Sanders doing that? Sanders hasn't been doing much of scoring, period. So he's usually not the guy they give it to. It's usually Howard or Scott if it's not Hurts inside the five-yard line. So, yeah, really hard to navigate through anything in that Eagles backfield. The Bucks run defense extremely tough. They didn't uh, finish as number one, but still very stout all season long here with Dominican Sue and Vita Vea dominating in that front three. And they are not going to have Levante David probably for this game. He has been activated to turn up injured reserve. So that will help the Eagles a little bit. But he still have Devin White, Jason Pierre Paul, and Shaq Barrett who returned there to play on the outside for the Bucks here. So Kevin Minter is also a guy with experience there if he needs to fill in for David again. So not looking good here for the Eagles running game. They waited too long to run against the Bucks in the first matchup. Had some success late with Sanders, but it was a little too late against uh, the Bucks in that matchup. So I just don't see them having a lot of rushing success. They're going to have to open up the passing game here with Jalen Hurts. So Hurts, I think, can get it done. He was pretty consistent as a QB1 all year because of his running upside. And uh, that's a wrinkle, right? The Bucks can give up yardage to rushing quarterbacks. They did that there to Josh Allen in the game at home against the Bills. So they're vulnerable there. Taysom Hill also had some success against them. So when you're looking at the Eagles, that's where we like Jalen Hurts is the appeal, getting it done on the ground. Traditional running game, avoid totally, but Jalen Hurts scrambling and making some plays like that. I also think he's going to have to put the ball up in the air with Tom Brady on the other side here. So the volume is going to be there, the negative game script, throwing it up. The Bucs can struggle at times to cover the tight end, especially with a David not in there. Devin White has pretty good speed, but that's how they're going to have to go. A lot of Dallas Goddard. Devonta Smith has a tough matchup, but they've got Quez Watkins a little bit more involved. I think he's a guy you would look at in a dark throw situation over Jalen Rieger here. Watkins and Rieger, they try to interchange these guys in the slot, but really I think you'll see Devonta Smith go inside a little bit more. So if you're looking at Devonta Smith, I think he falls in that wide receiver three category. Just hard to predict with his usage here. But Dallas Goddard figures to be their top target. And I think the game script could also call for Gainwell to be involved because he's clearly the best receiver, especially if Sanders does not play here with Howard and Scott. So keep all that in mind here. So Gainwell might have a little bit more value in the back end here this week. Hurts is the guy I would play from the Eagles. I like Goddard as well. I'm trying to avoid the wide receivers if I'm, I'm going to attach myself to a team and players in a shorter slate. If you're playing the whole Sunday contest, yeah, I would stay away from every Eagle. Jalen Hurts, however, has a good value here just because, again, he's probably going to have to throw the ball 30 times. He's always a threat to score at least one rushing touchdown here. So the numbers overall should be good for him, but not going to extend too much here with the Eagles in this game against the Bucks. Now, the Eagles' defense, they've been good against bad offenses, but the Bucks are not one of those. And you might be tempted here. The Bucs uh, don't have Chris Godwin. They don't have Antonio Brown. Cyril Grayson also got hurt in Week 18. He was the fill-in for Brown. What do they do? They use Scotty Miller there against the Panthers. He scores on a rushing TD. So right now, the way it's lining up for the Bucks, you have Mike Evans is the clear dominant number one. Rashad Perryman getting a few more looks outside. Miller can also do that stretching the field, and Tyler Johnson seeing some slot duty there. So a little bit of interchangeability between Johnson, Miller, and Perryman 
as they try to replace Godwin and Brown by committee here for the Bucks. So that said, uh, Mike Evans could see a lot of Darius Slay, so it opens things up for the rest of the field. Where do you go? I think the must play at tight end this week is Rob Gronkowski. They connected a lot, Brady and Gronk, against the Panthers. Part of that was Gronk was trying to earn an extra $500,000 and an incentive. But on top of that, I think it was to show, look, Gronk is my boy. Antonio Brown is gone. It was fun while it lasted with AB for a little bit of time with the Patriots, a lot of time with the Bucks, including winning the Super Bowl. But Gronk is the man here. So, look, I'm not worried too much about Darius Slay. Evans is a tough draw for Slay with his size. Slay is a little bit older. And you can also keep him out of the red zone. But you'd have to consider that matchup a little bit. I think someone will step up. I would say you could look at Scotty Miller a little bit more. He's a versatile guy that Brady also likes. Made a big play last week there against the Panthers. So that's where I would pivot. I mean, you can look at Perryman and Johnson and if Grayson can return. But if it's not Evans or Gronk, I see that sleeper and Scotty Miller. They were not using him at all, but it was just because they had Brown and they had Grayson. But when they don't have those guys, Miller has some reliability. We know he made a big play in the playoffs last year against the, the Packers and big touchdown there so do like him uh, being playoff scotty here so to speak so i like him as a sleeper evans uh, temporary expectations a little bit because of slay but gronk can actually smash this matchup as the eagles do not cover the tight end well at all partly because their linebackers and safeties are not that good compared to their defensive front here now speaking of playoff scotty don't forget about playoff lenny he's back he's going to be back with a hamstring injury they also opened the window for Giovanni Bernard to return, as well as David and Fournette. So there's a lot of uh, intrigue here. I don't think Gio Bernard is going to play, but pretty much squashes the value of Keyshawn Vaughn should he be available there. I mean, it's a guy that uh, they don't use a lot in the passing game. Le'Veon Bell's got that role right now, filling in for Bernard. So it could really shift back to where they're going. This could also prompt the Bucks to not really force Ronald Jones into action. He's got the ankle injury. He did miss week 18 so Fournette coming back with the hamstring and you're looking at Jones probably missing another game with the ankle it lines up really well for Fournette he had uh, 132 yards from scrimmage and two scores in the first matchup against the Eagles he had totally dominated and their front has been a little bit better against the run and typically okay but they do wilt against better teams up front and the Bucks' offensive line has been fantastic they've kept Brady upright they've controlled the action up front really one of the more underrated stories and strengths of this Bucks team and really all across the league in terms of blocking for the Buccaneers. So Leonard Fournette, yeah, I love him to go off in this one. They're going to lean on Fournette. And remember, Fournette's a big part of their passing game, but also returns here to help Evans and Grog. So when you look at those three guys, behemoths, athletic guys, hard to handle in their particular roles here. Mike Evans uh, in the red zone, using his body and positioning. Gronk down the scene and Fournette coming out of the backfield like a freight train. So the principles for the Bucs with Tom Brady, we'll get it done. Tom Brady can totally light up the Eagles here. The Eagles, again, we'll have to dig deep to find some offensive or defensive answers on this one and really offensive answers here. But I do like the Bucs. I have the final score being 27-17 Tampa Bay in this matchup uh, in covering that spread a little bit. The barely by point and a half, but that counts, and that's why those numbers are so razor thin here to look at. We'll break down the 49ers Cowboys, the marquee game of wild card weekend after our break here. It's the new year, so that means the new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar into your plan. 
Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. I think it does. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like chemical spills, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By February, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's all the chocolate? Well, you don't have to worry about that with Built Bar because every Built Bar you get covered in 100% real chocolate. Most of the Built Bars that you get are going to have only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, only 4 grams net carbs, but get this, 17 grams of protein. And you don't get that from a candy bar. You also get 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So Bilt Bar is way healthier than candy bar, and they taste better too. So go do all your secret candy bar stashes, wherever they might be, at home, in the pantry, office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary and calorie-filled treats. Replace them with Bilt Bars. So when you're craving snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And if you don't have time to work out, it's a good thing to eat as well. You got to watch what you're eating as well as so being on the go. Got to enjoy a delicious Built Bar, so you can count that as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from there at Built Bar: coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, just to name a few. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. Check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15. To make sure you get those fifteen percent off at Lock On, just take care of it. To here at Lock fifteen at fifteen percent at Built.com. All right, we will continue the show here in a moment. But thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. 49ers, Cowboys. It just sounds right in the playoffs, doesn't? These teams have met. So many times in championship games, uh, six of them won divisional playoff round. This is the first wild card matchup between the 49ers and Cowboys. Last time these two teams played in the playoffs was Troy Aikman and Steve Young. They split games. You had uh, Aikman and the 49 and the Cowboys win the first matchup and add to their dynasty there. And the 49ers won the second matchup, Steve Young, and they went on to beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl. So good, rich history between these teams. You can go back to Joe Montana and Dwight Clark and the catch. But, yeah, it's fun to see these two teams hooking up again and definitely in the marquee game and also a little bit of fun here with the Nickelodeon broadcast. So however you look at it, it's going to be the best game. Three-point favorites the Cowboys are at home. 51 is the over-under. We love that for fantasy football. So you want to have good shares of this game if you're playing on – the DFS slate for either the Sunday afternoon games or all of Sunday through the Chiefs Steelers game on Sunday night. And really overall, if you're playing, this is just a game that could see a lot of scoring here and a lot of big name guys coming through. So let's start with the 49ers. Debo Samuel, the Cowboys do have Trayvon Diggs, but they give up a lot of big plays also downfield. And Samuel's not a traditional wide receiver. He's not going to line up and run outside and all that. They're going to move him around. They're going to get him involved in the running game. He's had a massive season. I think that continues here for Debo Samuel. I also love Brandon Ayuk. Ever since he was doghoused early in the season, they motivated him. He's come on strong, and he's been a very good complimentary receiver. And they've used him well to get open. Last week, they used a lot of Jawan Jennings against that Rams secondary because the matchups lined up with him away from Jalen Ramsey. But here the Cowboys have Trayvon Diggs again, who's a gambler, not the best consistent cover man here. So there's a lot of holes to exploit. So I expect Ayuk and Samuel to stay hot. George Kittle needs to get going here. I mean, it's been pretty quiet for him of late. And then last week, a lot of uh, Ramsey was on Kittle. So that did not help 
him get open. That's why they went to the open guys and got Jennings involved as the third target behind Samuel and Ayuk. I don't think Jennings is going to repeat that. I think Kittle rebounds big time in this game. So start your principles here and feel really good about them. I'd say Kittle has a bigger game than Ayuk this week. Ayuk is still usable, but Samuel, Samuel, he's going to get it done running and receiving here. We know that he had a passing touchdown last weekend as well. So he's just been awesome. Debo's going to be a really a top asset in fantasy football next year, maybe even as high as a second-round pick. That's how good Debo was, maybe even a back-end first-rounder. Debo bringing it, Ayuk bringing it. He's more of that wide receiver three category this week. Kittle bumps up to being the usual tight end. What is, you got uh, Samuel as a wide receiver one in terms of the production for sure. Jimmy Garoppolo, a very good sleeper to plug and play this week if you're looking for a quarterback in the field and one that it could actually survive and win this game. So Jimmy Garoppolo played really well with the right thumb. You're going to have to live with the turnovers there. Also, don't forget about Eli Mitchell. He'll be busy. But I think the Cowboys, the game script could pull Mitchell out of it. So I think you do a little bit better. I would actually pivot to Fournette or look at uh, Ezekiel Elliott, even on the other side with a positive game script against the 49ers middle of the road run defense. So overall, let's uh, look at Mitchell. We'll cool on him a little bit, cool on Ayuk a little bit, keep Samuel up there, rise on Kittle and feel good about Jimmy Garoppolo continuing to get the job done here for San Francisco with at least 215-2. He has a very high floor in this game. The higher ceiling in this game, however, brings belongs to a uh, Dak Prescott, massive game against the Eagles when it didn't even count really for anything. They did move up into this matchup, number three versus number six, by beating the Eagles when the Rams lost to the 49ers. So you look at it, Dak Prescott, the secondary is a weakness. So the Cowboys have Tyron Smith back. Their offensive line has played a little bit better. So if they can keep Nick Bosa at bay, I think the big plays will be there. And some are feeling that Kellen Moore hasn't totally unleashed this offense and used some of the Eagles game as an experimental ground for stretching the field. Cedric Wilson is in there. I love him again in this matchup because he stretched the 49ers a little bit thin. They've been able to make it work with Ambry Thomas and Emmanuel Mosley and some of these other guys in coverage. But you got to worry about Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. That's going to open things up for Wilson again. Good chemistry between Prescott and Wilson. Here's a third receiver kind of filling that Gallup role pretty well here. So I like Wilson quite a bit in this game. And uh, Cooper may be the quiet one in this one with Lamb working in the middle and doing things in the slot. Uh, Cooper Cup had a big game last week inside and outside, so again, that should favor Wilson and Lamb a little bit more in Cooper in this game. The 49ers typically good against a tight end. Part of it is having Fred Warner in coverage. They have Greg Greenlaw. They also have Jaquaski Tart there, so it's really hard to throw to the tight end. So not going there, but I do like, uh, again, away from Cooper, who should get the veteran coverage attention. Lamb and Wilson get it done here with Dak Prescott as his primary target. They also like Zeke a lot in this game. They're going to use him in the passing game a little bit. The 49ers can be vulnerable against the run. We saw that. Sonny Michelle had some nice gains against them. So I think the Cowboys maybe a little bit more balanced, versatile, get the positive game script there. They also might be judicious in using Tony Pollard, who missed last week uh, with a foot injury. They're careful with Pollard's workload. He did work in Corey Clement a little bit behind Elliott last week. So keep that in mind. So you can't really go to Pollard in this one, but I think Elliott is going to be a lot more productive uh, than you think in this one in the way this matchup will go here for the Cowboys. So I do actually like the Cowboys to win this game. I have them winning 31-24 by a touchdown here. So I think the game will go over the 51 points. The Cowboys, the three-point spread, you pretty much have to go in one direction here. So they're basically saying this would be a pick game in a neutral site. 
but I do like the Cowboys and this one and that number to be higher. So I do like the number to go under in the Eagles Bucks. I do like to go over in this particular game and for the Bucks and Cowboys to both take care of business and their numbers here in the wild card playoffs. And uh, don't forget, we will break down the Steelers Chiefs game on Sunday night, as well as the Cardinals Rams game on Monday night, two re- more rematches that we can look at. And we'll do that on our matchup Thursday show. So we're back on track with matchup Tuesday, matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, and we will get to that. Uh, I will close the show here in our final segment, ranking the quarterbacks. We'll do a countdown 14 to one. Who's the quarterback I trust least who's playing the worst here going in the playoffs to all the way. Number one, the guy we trust the most there. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with Incredible App. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price to the company or get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Then you get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or need gift card for Amazon other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cashback in your first take. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN there at GetUpside. Bet Online also would like you to wish you a happy new year, a new betting year, that is, as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and the new updated desktop and mobile device website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing. And UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 new year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. All right, now for something a little bit different. We're going to close the show looking at our quarterback rankings here, power rankings. I did a few during the regular season. We'll revisit them in the offseason, but this is what I have here going backwards. These are the quarterbacks I believe in least to most in the in the playoffs. So let's do it. Number 14, Ben Roethlisberger. It's been a great run for Big Ben. Two Super Bowl wins. A lot of good fantasy memories along the way. We know he wasn't that great however fantasy this year. It's over. Patrick Mahomes, that Chiefs defense on the other side. Roethlisberger, the arm, just can't trust, even with the Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. And we've talked about it, uh, that this is a great job for whoever replaces Ben Roethlisberger with a rookie or a veteran of high note here to come in and really turn things around. So I suspect whoever's a Steelers starting quarterback will be much higher overall in the quarterback rankings throughout the league. Mac Jones comes in 13. Yeah, he's had a very good year. Very nice rookie season for the Patriots, but he's a rookie. Rookies do not fare well in the playoffs and Jones has been pretty good but tough matchup right away against the Bills here to start things off very good to even get in the playoffs with his team definitely had much better results than that Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or Justin Fields uh, Trey Lance is in the playoffs but as the backup and we didn't really see Davis Mills uh, do enough for Houston there so Mac Jones in a very good spot here but again still the number 13th quarterback in the playoffs Number 12 is Jalen Hurts. We still need to see more in the passing game out of Hurts. He's a very good runner, and he's special and can do some damage that way. But, again, a lot of passing needs to be worked on there for Jalen Hurts to trust him there. Derek Carr 
he's a tough nut to crack here because he can be very efficient. He can also make a lot of mistakes here. So he's up and down a little bit in bigger games and low-scoring games, high-scoring games, it doesn't matter. Derek Carr comes in at a number 11 again. I don't completely think he has a shot here with the quarterback on the other side on Saturday. Now, let's look at the number 10 guy. It's Ryan Tannehill. Now, Tannehill pretty low probably on this list. Here, if you look at his body of work in Tennessee, it's been pretty good. He did have a nice finish to the season of Week 18 in Houston. But Tannehill, this jury's still out. That's why there's a lot of question mark about them as the number one seed. When you look at the quarterbacks on the other three AFC division champions in the playoffs, a much uh, more strength going in that direction. And uh, you'll hear about them in a little bit. Now, number nine is Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a very good system quarterback, but... The 49ers do have a superior system. It's going to help out the quarterback. He's pretty solid here. But, again, is he spectacular? No. And really, the rest of these guys all can be pretty spectacular. So there's a little bit of line of demarcation there. Guys that are solid can work the system, have some experience, uh, varying degrees, uh, rookies and veterans. Really, uh, Jones and Hertz are the youngsters here. These other guys are pretty good, but they're short of being really special. Tyler Murray is kind of in between that here. He has some moments. We know that the last two years. He's a runner that uh, should run a little bit more in these playoffs. But he's been up and down passing. His uh, quarterback situation isn't great with DeAndre Hopkins right now in a receiver by committee. Tyler has to show me something, but he comes in number eight. It's a prove-it game for sure between the Cardinals and Rams that will break down tomorrow. Murray and Stafford back-to-back here. Number eight is Murray. Number seven is Stafford. I like the idea of Stafford. But do I feel in the NFC crowded field that he really makes them that much better than Jared Goff when you know that Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady are in the mix and now Dak Prescott's back in the playoffs? No, I don't really feel that at all. So Stafford's still the fourth quarterback in the NFC on the board, but you got to keep him that way until he can win his first career playoff game and play well in it as well. Prescott comes in at number six, by the way. So I think there's a big jump from Stafford to Prescott. I mean, these guys that are in the top half dozen are really special. Prescott has had an up and down year, but keep in mind, he had the ankle injury that wiped out most of his year last year, went into the season with a shoulder injury. So I think he's now fully in 100%. I think we saw that in week 18. So Prescott could be number one by the time this is over. That's how special he could be. It all depends on what the Cowboys do here against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, and can they get past Tom Brady and the Bucks potentially in the next round? We'll see. But Prescott has a big opportunity here uh, for the first time, really, since his rookie season where I feel like Prescott has a shot at the Super Bowl. Number five is Josh Allen, yeah. So uh, this uh, adds some intrigue here to who's in the top four. But Josh Allen has played well. It's been a bit up and down for him. He's taken over as a runner when needed. Very good elite passer as well. But I think there's one – player that isn't Patrick Mahomes that's been better at quarterback this season. He's our number four guy, Joe Burrow. I mean, look at the last two weeks of actual action for the Bengals when Burrow was in there. He lit up two teams. He had 525 yards against the Ravens. Then he came back with a 400-yard-plus performance against the Chiefs and took over. They won the division at home with two big wins. Joe Burrow, really special, living up to his qualities here. So Josh Allen, as much as I like him, I think Joe Burrow's had more command. I like their offense right now, the way it's rolling. He's got the pedigree, having won a championship at LSU versus Wyoming and also having Ohio State background. So Burrow having the championship, I thought there were some similarities between him and Tom Brady, but that swagger, that confidence, 
coming in already and uh, just put together like Brady is uh, cerebrally and just personality wise. And I think that's what helps uh, Burrow be a great leader and passer. And he's in the MVP conversation, folks. I think he should be. You saw what happened when he went to Yale last year. He was learning things as a rookie. Now he's back and you see what the Bengals are, a division champion once again, and a very good shot to win their first playoff game in 21 years here against uh, Derek Carr and Raiders. We like them a lot. It's the lock of the week, 34-17, by the way, if you missed matchup Tuesday. Tom Brady, again, so Joe Burrow comes in right behind the GOAT. So the GOAT is number three, so that kind of tells you something here. Part of it is not having the receivers that he does have. We know that can affect him sometimes in the playoffs, so got to uh, navigate through that. But Tom Brady, number three, and it's no slouch. When you have number two is Patrick Mahomes. Look, he's heading up and down here. It hasn't been. Wine and roses for Mahomes the way it has been since he got in the league and started in 2018 was the MVP there. But you knew he was going to have a little bit of struggle as a young gun. Teams adjust to him a little bit. He's adjusted right back. It's not always the jaw-dropping, no-look passes. He's just a solid, efficient quarterback when needed in a superior system. And that's what you're seeing with Mahomes, and that's why the Chiefs have been red hot down the stretch. And finally, yeah, you can like him or hate him, it's Aaron Rodgers. We know how good this guy is. He's just a machine here. He's a model of efficiency. He doesn't turn the ball over, just lights teams up consistently, leans on his running game when he needs to, finds Devontae Adams. Now he's got a legit number two in Adam Lazard. So Rodgers and the Packers, things are lining up very nicely for him to win that second Super Bowl. It's been a while. I mean, they won in Super Bowl – 45 so now you're at 56 so 11 years since Rodgers won a Super Bowl 11 years since they played in a Super Bowl for the Packers so I think this is the year that's why again Rodgers and Mahomes uh, must be picking the Packers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl that's what we have but watch out again for the Bucks and Bengals and Bills those three B teams spoiling the party and then on the outside maybe the Cowboys so we also look at these rankings when you have the top six Rodgers Mahomes Brady Burrow Al Prescott those are also the six teams that I think can win the Super Bowl Everyone else, uh, I think, is uh, scratching here for the rest as we go into the playoffs. And that's pretty good when you have almost half the field being dangerous enough to win. And we're excited to see it. We wanted to see these quarterbacks in action. And what we'll do tomorrow as part of our matchup Thursday, we'll break down the running backs in the playoffs here. So we'll do that for you here on Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks again for making your first listen every day, Locked on Fantasy Football. Now make your second lesson locked on bets, your daily one-stop shop for all gambling needs. Locked on bets, hosted by your boy Q, the expert analysis inside from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer with a matchup Wednesday. Don't forget tomorrow, matchup Thursday, as we finish our look at breaking down all the wildcard games of Super Wildcard Weekend.